Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown show with, hey, guess what? Loretta Brown. That's you. Ah, and my amazing producer. Hi. Benny Nather. Hello. That's right. We had a, a, a kind of a nickname for ourselves at some point, didn't we? Hurry up and wait. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> who's 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 which? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, no, we can we can uh, follow it, up on it that. Was what was it? Well, um, you're the uh, mouth. I was the mouth, and you were the uh, amazing. You were the great Benini. Benini. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I have to it. remember. And for my next trick, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, like. Keep, keep things going while Loretta shows up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got to do. Yeah. So be careful out there as you're driving around. Beautiful day, by the way. I think people are thrown off by it. I think so. I mean, we've had a couple days already to figure it out, but I mean, it's gorgeous here in the Seattle mm-hmm. area and will be all week and coming up for Mother's Day weekend. And happy Mother's Day oh, to you ahead. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And happy Mother's Day to all of yeah. you out there. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. That's right. And and to the mothers here and mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. That's right. So love you, Mom, for, for always and forever. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's not Daughter's Day, but because I'm a mom, I have to say, hey, happy, happy Daughter's Day and happy Son's Day and happy Children's Day. Aw. Without them, I wouldn't be a mother. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I think that's pretty much true. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you're going to be, do some wonderful things this weekend and celebrate that and celebrate yourself. And uh, we have had a lot going on. At, you know, April was kind of a heavy month. May's going to be a little lighter. I'll talk about that in a minute. I am, of course, the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. And we've been around 23, 24 years do all kinds of wonderful things over at Reiki Oasis, and you can schedule everything at schedule.reikioasis.com. I've got some great workshops coming up uh, and some more Crystal Bowl healing concerts. So be sure to get on my newsletter at reikioasis.com. Just sign up, and uh, I just have to let you know, you know, I don't over-send out things. I send them out once in a while um, when there's events that you need to know about. And uh, just to remind you that we are out here doing what we can to help you in every way that we can. I have a, I always say I have the best job in the world. And um, I really do, really do care about people. People have been having a lot of troubles lately. So I just send blessings to you out through the airways. And any sort of comfort, any sort of gentle, kind touch sometimes is just exactly what we need. So... Reach out, schedule.reikioasis.com. And uh, also a big shout out to my Patreons. Uh, uh, thank you so much. This is a listener-supported show. And you help keep me on the air and uh, help pay for the airtime, which, um, you know, it's it's actually not free when you're listening to live radio like that. I'm sorry about that. Maybe one day it will change, but not right now. So people have to make a living. What's the deal with that, Benny? I I remember when I had Michael Tellinger in the show and he's talking about, you know, Ubuntu and no no money, no money system. But right now we're in the money system. But you can change it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Got to think positive. Got to think positive. The, Things are always changing. Mm-hmm. The gratitude. Yep. Gratitude is the big deal. You know. So Temple of the Divine Feminine, my monthly class for women, will be meeting Saturday, May 18th. And please come out. We're having a wonderful time in there. And the next Crystal Bowl Healing Concert is Sunday, May 29th at 7.30 at Bala Yoga in Kirkland. Bala Yoga in Kirkland, Sunday, May 29th. Get tickets through Bala Yoga. So if there's one word to describe the month of May, it is opportunity. This is the month of opportunity. And why am I saying that? Because in May... We have some pretty big astrological events, and I'll mention them very briefly before I bring my wonderful guest on the show. So in May, we have Uranus and Venus, the father and the daughter, together in Taurus for the first time in 80 years, and this is a big deal. Mercury will also be conjunct Uranus in Taurus again, and for the first time in 80 years. There's something going on here. 
We have an intense full moon in Scorpio opposite the fixed star of Algol. And we're also in the middle of the Mercury cycle with Sun conjunct Mercury at zero degrees Gemini. So there's a, no better place for Mercury to be in. Yay to Mercury. Yay to communications moving forward. On May 5th, a couple of days ago, we did have a new moon at 14 degrees Taurus. And Taurus is the producer of the Zodiac. Taurus has the magical ability to turn something ephemeral like an idea into something real. Between May 7th and May 9th, Venus in Aries squared Saturn, Pluto, and the lunar nodes. And we have a T-square in cardinal signs. The Venus T-square will remind us of those things that are important to us. Hmm, what's important to you out there? And the cardinal square will force us to take action. And after all, you know, we don't have all day. Come on, let's get this done. It's time. The time is now. I know some of you are feeling that, and you're feeling that, that draw to do something. So pay attention to that. Yesterday, Mercury went conjunct Uranus at 3 degrees Taurus, like I said, for the first time in 80 years. And this conjunction gives us the ability to land that great idea that could simply change the course of our life. That's a big one. And on May 15th, this is coming up, and this is the one I really want you to pay attention to. Venus enters Taurus and joins her big daddy Jupiter there. And like I said, it's daddy with his daughter. And, and this is great news because Venus is in her night domicile in Taurus. And not only is Venus in her favorite sign, but also, like I said, it's the first time in 80 years that Venus shares Taurus with her mythological father, Uranus. And if you're familiar with the Greek myth, you may know that Venus never actually met her father. She was birthed just after her father was killed by Saturn. And that's why when Venus and Uranus meetings come together that they're so important because Venus will finally meet her father. And I'm just letting that soak in. How many of us have felt fatherless? Yeah, sometimes we feel motherless. But in this case, Venus will meet her father. So in May, Venus will come to a reconciliation with her identity. And what does this mean for you, my listeners? Venus is what you hold dear to your heart, what matters to you. You will come to terms with some deep aspect of yourself. And it may be a time of reconciliation, of healing, and of really moving forward. So May is your opportunity to understand the reason why you value what you value. If getting married is very important to you, now you can understand why that is. And if having a family is important to you, now you will understand why. And if going out there and helping to make the world a better place is important, you're going to begin to understand why. This information can help you heal something that has needed healing for such a long time. And perhaps it's exactly what you need. Alfred Korsbiski says, there are two ways to slide easily through life, to believe everything or doubt everything. Both ways save us from thinking. And with everything, the key is to reconcile our differences. That's how we grow, and that's how we evolve. So I'm really wishing you the very, very best in this beautiful May energy. And, of course, with the weather here in Seattle so wonderful, um, it kind of lifts our spirits. And with all of that, I'm so excited, very, very honored to have the amazing psychic medium Bill Phillips on my show today. Woohoo! I really mean it. Bill is the author of Signs from the Other Side and Expect the Unexpected. His life mission is to help people deal with the grief of losing loved ones by bringing through validations, evidential information, and beautiful messages from spirit which heal and bring a sense of peace. 
Bill does individual and small and large group readings. He's appeared on high-profile television programs like Dr. Phil and Access Hollywood and Coast to Coast with George Norrie. And <laughs> he's on the original Loretta Brown Show. Woohoo! You, Bill, you just keep going further and further up. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Climbing those rankings. That's what we're doing. Climbing the rankings. I'm so, I really mean it. I'm so honored to have you on the show. I, oh, I my just, gosh. Um, yeah, heart to heart. It feels that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You have, um, I wanted to ask you, what is the difference between a psychic and a psychic medium? <laughs> yeah. You know, I get this question a lot. Um, and there's so many different ways to describe it, um, a psychic and a, and a medium. But basically, if you think of um, psychic as being more um, connected to uh, the living world, you know, like the the carnate, you know, um, the past, present, future. It's basically someone who's able to tune into the energy of uh, the past, present, future, and of the living. Um, and a medium is someone who basically is able to use those psychic centers to channel the other side. So basically mm. to make that connection with those who've crossed over. Um, so, you know, uh, to be... To be a medium means that we have to use both. So a medium is psychic, but not everyone who is a psychic or who is an intuitive is able to channel that, that same type of way. So that's really the difference. And so, so my friend, what are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, definite, I'm definitely a medium for sure. So I, it's, it's both for me. And it was something growing up and being in my, you know, uh, my 18, 19 year old um, range that I really understood what was going on uh, inside of me, inside of my mind, inside of my body. And so it really just took this trust and this putting it together and, you know, um, just having this aha moment. Um, So I basically discovered this fully about three years after my mom passed away. She passed away when I was just about 15. Um, and you know, I thought my whole life was being turned upside down. It was very traumatic. I was kept from her for almost six years. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to say goodbye to her on her deathbed. So you can imagine the feelings that I, that I was having as a, just about 15 year old. Um, and I also, I was her only child as well. So, you know, I was distraught. I was just a hot mess. And, um, two nights later I woke up to her and she came to me. And that's when my whole life began this amazing healing shift. Um, And as a teenager, there was still a lot of doubt within myself, within my mind. And so for those three years, it was really just kind of understanding and reading and all that type of stuff. And uh, three years later, I I found myself in this metaphysical store uh, here in Orange County, California. And I was basically put to the test with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really saw in that moment the, the healing and the validation that, that took place when I just basically trusted what was going on inside of myself. Um, and when I did that, you know, this whole other side of myself emerged and, you know, the, the word spread quickly. And, and now I, here I am today, you know, 15, almost 15 years later. Um, and this is my life's work. So I'm, I'm honored. You know, uh, it raises a lot of um, questions in my mind. I, um, thinking back to my own life, and I know a lot of people out there listening, um, for some reason, I'm just going to say this, I've had a lot mm-hmm. of people come lately who are interested in the realm of mediumship and wondering if they are mediums or could possibly, um, you know, touch the other side. And, yeah. um First of all, because I've got like 10 questions in that, <laughs> can can anyone learn how to do this? Um, and I do realize, like, I, I think of everything as a gift, you know, like everybody's got a nose, and but some people are more sensitive, right? Yeah. 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 You know, I, I really believe that we were all designed to be this way, and in essence, we're all channels walking around, even if we're not fully aware of it. You know, how many times have you needed to hear these perfect words and, you, and you've heard it from the most random person in the most random way? And that's how the other side likes to work through us, whether we're aware of it or, or whether we're not aware of it. So 
I strongly believe that we all have it within ourselves to make that connection. But I also believe that not everyone's aware of what's going on when that connection's happening. So, mm. um, you know, the, the medium is someone who's really been able to understand that, that shift of awareness so that they know basically what's not there. So what's not coming from themselves is coming from the other side. And I have been so blessed uh, the past couple of years to be able to teach more about this. And um, it's been pretty incredible to see people that were in the same place that I was in when I was a teenager, you know, that had all of this fear and doubt around it, um, come together in these situations and really show themselves that they were also making those connections happen. So I, you know, I really believe that everyone has it within themselves, but I believe that, you know, maybe a fraction of that are meant to do it mm -hmm. on a professional level. You know, it's, it's a great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's a sensitive, uh, area, uh, yes. very sensitive area. You know, um, I don't imagine that as you grew up, you were thinking, I think I'll be a medium. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was no? the furthest thing from it, actually. Yeah. Um, um, I actually, oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I was clearing my throat. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, when, I was, um, when I was a teenager um, and when I was in high school, when this was all going on, um, I was in choir and I had a voice teacher that really, um, you know, saw a lot of potential in me. So she gave me voice lessons. And um, when I graduated from high school, she really pushed me to um, pursue a, um, you know, a career in opera, in opera performance. And as a, as a young, you know, um, you know, 18 year old, I was like, okay, for, for sure, this is what I want to do. You know, there was so much passion behind it. Um, and excitement about it. And I had all of this validation around me to pursue this. So I, um, I auditioned for, um, a, for a conservatory in San Francisco and I got in and I moved up to San Francisco when I was 18. So I'm sorry, when I was 20. Um, so just under two years from when I had that revelation at that metaphysical shop, um, I was running from it, even though I, I, I was helping people and I was discovering that part of myself, I was not ready in that moment to accept that as my life's mission. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I went to school and like everything, when something's meant to be, it follows you. So <laughs> when I, when I went to the conservatory, I found myself being needed to do this work and um, by the most random people like my teachers and my voice teachers and you know there was this whole underground and kind of um, private thing going on where people knew about what I could do and so you know the word spread amongst the faculty not only there but also you know across the country as, as well so it was pretty interesting having these um, these much older than me you know people coming to me for these healings and when I was done with school, when I had turned 24, um, you know, it was very clear what uh, what the next step looked like for me. And in that moment, I knew I had to step out of my fear and just be my authentic true self to the world around me. And so it, it definitely took some time and some really just soul searching. But I really know now that being in that environment and learning music and learning the vibration of music as well, I really feel enhance what was going on to begin with. So um, I, I thank Spirit for that, and I thank my guides, and my mom especially for giving me that push that I needed to, uh, to just step out of myself and out of my fear. Well, I, um, I just uh, applaud you for having the courage to step away from all of that and, and go into what I call your higher calling because uh, it's it's very clear to me that you are doing what you came here to do and uh, perhaps that that musical thing you know I think that's a sensitivity also you know the vibration oh yes yeah oh absolutely and mm -hmm. so many musicians and singers you know to to be a singer in that moment is an intuitive process so it really requ requires you to be in the moment but also to be a little bit ahead of the moment 
So a lot of people that are singing, you know, are in essence channeling. And I learned this from my teacher when I was 20. Um, she taught me just to breathe and trust. And that's exactly what I use today as well when I'm channeling. I, I have to just understand and trust that when I show up and when I'm present and when I make myself available, that that connection is going to happen. The same way that a singer would show up and just trust that the sound's going to phonate out of their mouth. So it, there's a lot of similarities, actually, between the two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a musician, too, and I get uh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Um, I've got a question for you, mm-hmm. and I run into this, you know, with the work I do with people. You know, you have quite a tumultuous uh, childhood. Your story is in your book, and 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 your first first book, I think, has more of it. You know, expect the unexpected. But your new book, mm-hmm. Signs from the Other Side, alludes to that. I I have ran into so many um, amazingly gifted light workers, healers that have had such troubled childhoods. Why do you think that is? You know, I. I really feel that it was that it's preparation, you know, to do this work. And I also feel that when we experience that type of heartbreak that we've all experienced, you know, we are the wounded healers in that sense. But mm. when when we experience that type of heartbreak, the light is able to come in. So I like to give that analogy, you know, with it that let your heart break so op- so wide open that the light can come in. Mm. And that's what I feel like is happening. We're, we're, we're given this reference um, at some point in our lives, you know, through trauma or through loss that really shows us um, what that, what that suffering looks like. And also shows us to have compassion when we're working with people that are going through the exact same thing. So whether it be, you know, Reiki or, or channeling or whatever it may be, um, there's something that we're tapping into within ourselves to be able to give to others. And that's why I feel that happens. And I also feel that on a soul level, it's all been designed that way. It's all been sort of contracted that way that we, our soul was like, yep, I'm going to go through this. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to choose, you know, the parents who have addiction. I'm going to choose this type of childhood and it's really just like going back to school again. That's kind of how I think of it. And so I, I'm grateful that I had that training. And looking back at it in hindsight, um, I, I had to go through that to understand uh, what energy feels like and what spirit feels like. So, yeah. to you know, to each their own. But I, I always encourage people that have had trauma to really look deep within it and to really see the gift within it because there is always a blessing in disguise in situations like that yeah and i understand too that your your mother um showing up after she had passed uh really kind of catalysted you or catapulted you into all this yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah yeah, definitely and again you know keep in mind that it had been all together just a little under around nine years that we had not really you know this this tumultuousness of me of her taking me to new york for three years and then me coming back to the west coast for six years and you know those years are very critical in a in a child's development and everything Mm -hmm. and um we we had this inseparable um connection even though we were so far away it was very much a psychic connection i feel like um, so I'm not surprised that she decided to come back and, and show and show me this other world when she got there herself, because when she was here physically, um, she was not a, a huge believer in the afterlife. So it, it took all of that experience for her to understand that it was true and real. Oh, that's that's a powerful thing. And I was just sitting here thinking how appropriate that um we are honoring her in this way just before mother's day so yes yes and actually her 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 60th birthday would have been may 2nd actually so this is her this is her month (laughs) well okay well then we just thank her for for helping to synchronize you onto this show today yes absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. anyway this is loretta brown we're going to take a little station break my guest today is uh the amazing and and wonderful, very heartfelt, Bill Phillips, psychic medium, author of Signs from the Other Side, and expect 
the unexpected. And uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with more from the other side. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. Oh, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. And, of course, we do all kinds of things over there. We do Reiki. We do angel channeling work. We do crystal bowls and music and sound and workshops and hypnotherapy. And we hang out. <laughs> we do. We hang out with like-minded, lovely people and have a great time. So check it all out at schedule.reikioasis.com or reikioasis.com. Com. My guest today, Bill Phillips, psychic medium, author of Signs from the Other Side, and Expect the Unexpected. We are talking about what it's like to be a medium. And um, during the break, I, I asked Bill, I said, is it, is it tiring? Is it, is it exhausting? What's it like to be a medium, Bill? <laughs> and well, by the way, a... if you're on an elevator and people say, what do you do? You go, oh, I'm a psychic medium. Uh, what happens? Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm st- <laughs> exactly. I'm still pretty select about um, who, you know, if I'm in that kind of situation, what I say because it's like, it's like having a dentist in the room. You know, as people just want to, you know, just talk about it forever so which I love to do but I don't always have the time to do it so um I sometimes in, in the past I would tell people oh you know I work in grief counseling I, I would kind of keep it without going into that extra level of it you know without opening up the can of worms because sometimes I people have different reactions to it you know yeah. um but um to be you know to be a medium it's such an incredible opportunity to um you know to be of service in that in that capacity and you know, and it, it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of energetic boundaries, a lot of just, um, you know, solitude um, f- for me anyways, really trying to recharge myself um, every day that I do this. So, um, yeah, so just a, a lot of honoring that, a lot of honoring that that sort of peaceful um, surrounding, you know, and and just knowing that part of part of what comes along with that sensitivity is also the the human part of that as well. So like, you know, the anxiety and the high, high, highly sensitive um, soul. So um, not only is it connecting with the other side, but it's also understanding when you're in these environments, like when you're in the grocery store or when you're in a, a crowded environment that, 
you really have to do the extra protection for yourself. Mm. You have to understand mm-hmm. what you're getting yourself into. And I know that for me personally, and I know many other people like this, whether or not they um, identify as a light worker or not, um, have have trouble being in situations like that. So I am, I've learned to be over the years very select about where I put myself and, you know, when I'm um, on, on my free time where I'm putting my energy because I don't want to be in that drain all the time. So I'm very much a homebody, you know, in my, mm-hmm. in my private space. And that's where I feel that I, that I recharge the most, um, is in that solitude. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And, and I've got to ask you, like when you're out and about, I mean, do you, do you see dead people all the time? Are they constantly? <laughs> is it you understand what I'm I, saying? Yes. Th- Can you shut the door? <laughs> you know, it's it's never it's never um, off completely. It's there, there's always a static kind of going on in the background, okay. um, and and thankfully as well. I'm not seeing people like in the sixth sense. I'm not seeing people walk around with like missing limbs oh, or things like thank that. Thank, thank God. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is more subtle for me in that regard. But it's it's mostly just kind of paying attention to my thoughts, you know, and 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 just being aware of that and, and my feelings as well. And so when I am like in line, let's just say at the grocery store or at a Starbucks, and when I start to feel that shift happen that's my awareness. And that's when I tell them, okay, you know, I'm off the clock right now. However, if you want this to happen, you know how to get them to me. So I have this agreement with spirit that I'm not going to go out and like, you know, um, basically interrupt someone's day without knowing if they're open to it or not, you know, and going, Mm -hmm. excuse me, um, ma'am, but your mom's trying to tell you this because when I was younger, I did that. And Although it, it brought a lot of healing, not everyone was ready for it in that in those in those moments. Right. Um, so I I designed this agreement with spirit that okay, if you want me to help them, then you will nudge them. You will somehow get them into my door or on the phone with me to have that connection. And that's exactly what's happened. Actually, is that. People find their ways to me, sometimes in the most randomest of ways, and I know that it's spirit-led. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's always been my sort of agreement with them, is that I'm not, you know, um, overstepping any boundaries or things like that and keeping it very, um, you know, um, integrous. Integrous, yes. I, I absolutely yeah. love what you just said. Um, I have had experiences where people have <laughs> come up and said, Oh, hey, I need to give you this message, and, and you're right. It, it may not just be the right time, and it may not be the right person. <laughs> I think there's a song, if it's the right time, is the right place, you know, whatever the deal <laughs> it is. There's an enormous amount of integrity in the work that you do because, um, obviously, you're bringing a message that uh, could change their life. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And you have to be in the right space for that. Um, can you... Uh, talk a little bit about what it is like when you're bringing uh, someone through or bringing their message through, because uh, mm-hmm. you said you don't see them like in that in the thank goodness with no heads <laughs> and things. Uh, but what is that like for you? You know, it's it's really interesting. It's basically just having this enormous trust within myself to relay exactly what they're giving to me and in the most purest way possible. So not getting, not really getting involved with it and just saying exactly what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling. So um, I I like to give the analogy of, of playing charades, you know, because, because they are sort of voiceless, you know, the medium is giving the soul the voice in that moment. They're using, they're using my, my system. They're using my reference to really make that connection happen. So, um, for me, it's a process. It's really just, especially within the first few minutes of that connection, just really, really trusting all the impressions that I'm receiving. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's it's more challenging than other times, you know, and it, every day is a, is a new is a new experience. But it it reminds me of, of a story years ago when I was um, I was reading for this woman and her father was coming through very strongly. And he kept showing me a pig and you know in that moment I was like oh gosh I I can't 
what, why, you know, don't, don't say this. This is ridiculous. And so it took me a minute to kind of like just trust what he was showing to me and without really changing it, just giving it as I was getting it. And so I, I just said, you know, your dad keeps showing me a pig. Does, does the pig mean anything to you? And she just like lost it and explained that the pig was the family store that was there for like 50 years. And it was very significant to her father. And so if I hadn't said it in its true integrity, you know, I would have lost that, that opportunity mm. to bring that, that healing through to her. So really, it's just about having that, that enormous amount of trust and getting out of myself. And what I find is that um, when, when that happens, it's like a snowball effect. It, it continuously builds energy and builds validation mm -hmm. throughout that process. Yeah, yeah. Trust, I think, is a big deal. And then also, mm -hmm. like you say, just, just saying what you're getting, whether mm -hmm. that makes any sense or not. And um, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot mm -hmm. of vulnerability that, that comes along with it. Um, you know, so to anyone who, may, who might be listening to this right now and is experiencing that, I would just encourage you to really just lean into it, lean into that vulnerability and well, that sensitivity and, uh, you know, trust that spirit has your back. There's also this thing that um, sometimes people receive a message and it doesn't make sense to them in the moment, but mm -hmm. later on it does. Yes, yeah. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's no time or space on the other side, so it's it's really interesting um, how that works. And a lot of times, this is this is the reason why I wrote my first book, Expect the Unexpected, was because people were always writing into me these stories about things that they did not get in the moment, you know, and thankfully they had an open mind and an open heart to really make those connections afterwards. But um, our loved ones who are there on the other side, they're always wanting to sort of give us a heads up or they're wanting to help us prevent things from happening that might not be for our highest good. So, I find a lot of times there there will be um, a handful of things in which someone's like, I'm not sure about that, or I'll have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I just honor it because I know that there's a reason it's being brought through. Um, and in fact, yesterday I had um, a reading with someone who had lost her son, and I had read for her over a year ago as well, and she had mentioned that in the reading, her son kept bringing up that he was so happy about um, this friend that was doing a, a sketching of him by the lake and she had no idea what I was talking about. So she asked all the friends and no one was doing this for him. And six months later, there was a school that he used to volunteer at. And at the school, it was like the Special Olympics. And there was someone there that was a, that was a part of that that had a gift for the mom. So they organized it. And this 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 young kid had sketched a picture of her son by the lake and gave it to her. And, you know, it took six months for that message to come together. But when it did, it just completely brought this enormous amount of, of peace and healing to her, just knowing that, just to trust that process and, and to trust what her son was giving to her was um, would find its way to her at the perfect time. So that's kind of, you know, I, how I feel um, the spirits work over there. They're always giving us these little insights and they're always giving us um, these sort of clues or, or just little, you know, tidbits that we will find when we're meant to find them. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I love that. And I, I think, like you say, it's a good reminder to know that sometimes we take things with us to understand them better later on. Now, in your yeah. book, um, you say the spirits are trying to connect with us in, in, in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some examples of how um, they connect with us or try to communicate with us from the other side? Yeah, and, you know, there's really no rules to it, which is the most amazing part of it all. It's not like, you know, it has to be this sequence of things. They, they will find anything that is in your daily life to connect with you. So... A lot of the time, if they know that you have more interest in something or more curiosity in something, they will push that further to get your attention. So for me, my mom's sign to me has always been a white butterfly. And mm. it's not only it's not only, you know, outside seeing white butterflies fly around. I see that quite a bit, but it's also, you know, 
walking around and noticing around me, you know, looking behind in the car behind me, having a sticker of a white butterfly or me walking my dogs and looking down and there being this, this toy plastic white butterfly in the grass. Like it happens all the time. And because I am giving acknowledgement to it, um, I'm receiving more of that validation. So there's so many ways. Electricity is a huge way that spirit will come through because they're literally able to manipulate that, that current, that current and that flow. So when we see like lights flickering, you know, or um, televisions turning on and off, um, which happens to me quite a bit, actually, um, we, we realize who's behind it. Um, and not only electricity, there's, I mean, nature is a huge way. Um, people seeing, you know, hummingbirds tap at their window, you know, or the red cardinals fly into their kitchen window on their dad's birthday or whatever. There, there's just, there's all this orchestration happening in the background from the other side. So, and I have so many stories in, in my book. One story that I, I love sharing because it just, it just is so specific is, about a man who had lost his wife um, to breast cancer. And she was in her mid-30s. They had a child together. She was about four years old. Um, and after she passed, um, he decided to move into a new home and kind of set a new, a new life up for himself. And he was wanting confirmation that he had made the right decision. And on some level, he had made that communication to his wife in spirit. And he's going to the house that is being built. And he looks over to the side in the kitchen of the wall where there's those tags that have, you know, the, the colors of, of the wall or the, you know, the carpeting or whatever was going to be put into the house. And he looks over and on the, on the, on the label that's going to be the pink color is his wife's first name, Heather. You know, it, it's so, it's just so specific and, and it's so synchronized in the moment that he, he received that validation in that moment specifically to know that she was guiding him. You know, that is incredible evidence. And when, when we're open to it on, on some level, um, they will deliver that evidence to us, which will um, basically in turn give us more confidence and give us more faith in receiving those signs but it definitely requires you know um meeting them halfway as far as being open to the possibility of a sign coming to them thank you i was i was actually just going to ask that because you you say uh you say in your book that instead of saying i need to see it to believe it uh you'd like it to be adjusted to i need to believe it to see it so how much mm -hmm. Do we need to believe in order for us to get these messages or is it just a matter of observation? Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I believe it's both. And I believe that, you know, we were, de we were designed to believe and we were designed to be these open vessels. Um, and then, you know, th things happen growing up, society happened, you know, fear was, was kind of instilled into us. And so we really blocked it. And so a lot of people have just blocked what is, inherent in all of us, you know, and so our, our reality is basically what we put our beliefs into, you know, if, if we're, if we're giving our, our beliefs to something, that's going to be what our physical reality manifests as. So it really, you know, it really is that simple of just giving yourself giving yourself permission to believe in something larger than yourself. And when you do that, just noticing, um, noticing what happens, noticing how your day goes, noticing that maybe you're not really worried about the things that you normally would be worried about all these minute earthbound things that as humans, we give our attention to, but really um, extending that, that, faith and that belief in something larger than yourself is is the first step and in doing so it is eye-opening and it does allow you to see the world around you in a different lens in more of a spiritual lens so um with for people that that i've worked with or that have had those experiences that is life-changing for them because it shows them that they're not just here you know to work and pay bills and that that's it like, like there, there is something much larger going on. And when they 
take heed of that, you know, they, they really get in touch with their higher self and with the reasons that they're here. So they might decide to, you know, leave that corporate job and start something on their own and really give it, give it a shot, you know, and take that risk and really just um, do what drives their soul. And that's so much of the time, the messages that spirits bringing through is not to wait till tomorrow, because we're not, we're never guaranteed tomorrow. And to really just be in the moment and go for what brings you joy and what brings you passion and to really create that version of heaven on earth. That's why we're here. And they recognize that. And they, a lot of times they'll say, Oh, I, you know, I regretted working every day until I was 65. And then I died of a heart attack on my 66th birthday, you know, and I wasn't able to enjoy what I had worked so hard for. So a lot of times they're, they're encouraging us not to be so, you know, um, regiments with our lives and structured as far as being being a human but really just to enjoy just you know the sunset and to enjoy the connections that we make and to enjoy the lives that we have just as they are right now mm-hmm. good messages yeah. uh, I, i've got a question for you when <sighs> when people pass to the other side you know your your loved ones uh, do they stay with you? Do they become like your guides? And what is the difference between that and and what you call spirit guides? You know, is grandma yeah. one of my spirit guides? Like that sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, again, there's no rules to it. Um, a lot of times what I found um, in, in, in channeling is that, yes, if and there's a way that, that you really can know um, as well. A lot of times... Um, let's say grandparents that pass within a couple of years of a grandchild's birth, um, or they, let's just say they, their death date is that grandchild's birth date, or they, or they mm-hmm. share a commonality between the two. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very, very universal um, message that they signed up to be that guide for that particular soul in this lifetime. Um, so that's one way to look at it. But also, um, you know, guides are, you know, we, we all have the, the ability to be a guide when we get into, back into spirit form. So I like to give the analogy, which is sort of like a dark humor, but the movie Beetlejuice from, oh, yeah. you know, the early 90s, <laughs> yes. where, where they walk in and they, and they pull a number and there's, they have social workers around them. You know, it's not the same, but, but it's, it's a good analogy. And, and it really does describe what happens. You know, we, we have people there that are sent to us and they're there to, to give us a helping hand. And then we have free will as a soul. And so we will then do what we feel is necessary to either, um, clear our karmic debts or just to, to be an extension to our soul, to our soul group. So, um, an example of that can be, you know, someone that maybe died um, through their addiction or through alcoholism would then come back and want to guide people that are suffering through that on a physical way to just kind of inspire them or to maybe um, nudge them to go through a certain door to have that enlightenment happen. So that would be one way. Um, I've also had situations where you know children that maybe um, were murdered, for example, would be um, helping other children cross over as part of as part of their service too. So so it really just depends on the soul and on their intention. But um, what I find is that we come in soul groups, we leave in soul groups, and within those soul groups, we are we are helping each other either on this side or on the other side. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about soul groups. Yes, that's that's <laughs> fascinating. So groups, groups. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got a question for you because actually one of my clients sort of asked me this recently, and it, it went something like this to synopse. Um, uh, she did not get along with her father in this life, and mm-hmm. on and and now from the other side, and I'm kind of shifting the details so I cover up the identity of the person. So from the other side, um, she thinks that maybe her father's trying to help her, but she's angry at her father. Is this Mm -hmm. a reality that can happen? Yes, it's quite a common reality. um, And what I want to say about that is that the father, because he's out of the human form, has released all of that um, stagnant um, ego energy that's left behind with the body, you know? So like the depression, the anger whatever it may have been would be left behind and he would be able to then recognize 
his role in the things that he caused when he was here because mm-hmm. there, there, there's no ego involved with it. Um, so what I find a lot of times is that um, even though those souls do come back to apologize for their hand in these things, the the physical like the 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 human side of us isn't always willing to receive that message um a lot of times people are but sometimes it gets a little bit uneasy and i totally understand why um and they're just wanting to let us know that they 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 do see things in a different light and they are able to recognize their responsibility in giving us um that those lessons so um, everything sort of flipped over into a spiritual model or viewpoint. And we then realized that, you know, we signed up to experience those lessons together. So that person's father was in essence sent to her as a teacher to learn more about love for herself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the only way to learn about that kind of self-love is to have something traumatic happen around you, you know? So, so much of the time that's what occurs is that someone here physically was put here to give us these lessons to learn more about our true self and more about why we're here. Um, so the human part of us sometimes has a, has a hard time accepting that. But when you think of it in the terms of spirituality and, and self-love and compassion through those eyes, um, it really does. Um, it, it really does sort of uh, take away that that stigma or that pain on the mm-hmm. physical level. Yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot involved in that question, as you can tell. So we've <laughs> yes. got just a, a little about one minute one left. Minute. And my yep. my guest oh, wow. is Bill Phillips. I know the time went by super fast. Psychic yeah. medium, author of Signs from the Other Side. Expect the unexpected. Bill, how they, how can they find you? How can they find your books? How can they get an appointment? Yes, so uh, <laughs> or my, see my, you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My my books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, most major book retailers, and my website is just my name. So it's billphillips.com. It's with one L and two P's. And um, and I do lots of events around the country and I do private readings for people all over the world. And, and I'm just grateful to be here today. So I thank you so much for having me. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I hope you'll all reach out to Bill Phillips and also have a great time as we go forward into the month with Big Daddy Jupiter holding his daughter's hand. And let's have more love. That's all we need. Be kind to each other. This is Loretta Brown. We'll talk to you next time.